Good evening, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Another beautiful day here. A little bit chilly, but absolutely gorgeous outside. I love to see the blue skies. We did have the occasional chemtrail today, but I'm sure you guys saw those as well. 
This is Kilted Christian. So 556, I've called this one on earth as in heaven, and we're going to be talking about a lot of news that we that I've come across today, some scriptural uh, videos that I've come across as well. as uh, Towards the end of the show, we're going to get into 10 predicted prophecies fulfilled by Jesus through Old Testament. So it's going to be a great show. Always a blessing to see you all. Once again, Kilted Christian, episode 556 on earth as in heaven. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. And for those of you just joining us, I did not get a chance to say hello to. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us, as well as those who will be joining us later after this is uh, up in post-broadcasting. So just another quick reminder before we get going this evening is uh, I'm going to be on the official Godcast tomorrow evening. So it's going to be a great show. I'm spending a little bit of time with Ron talking about what's going on in this world. Uh, probably have another couple of guests on with this. So uh, make sure you guys catch that one as well as tomorrow evening. Got a special guest coming on. We're going to be talking um, with Jay Wu as well, who's always a special guest. And we're going to be talking about um, Christianity, alternative medicines, and things like that, kind of carrying on the conversation that we've been talking about because we kind of need to get our gardens growing and get this stuff going while we possibly can because, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I think all of us at this point are feeling something in our gut. Um, every single person I talk to, and nobody has any fear. That's the beautiful thing. We all know fear not. We talk about this all the time. No one I talk to is nervous in fear. Everyone's just kind of anxious and ready to get going. Even Jeff, um, everyone's at that same point. We're watching uh, Texas. Oh, my goodness. Texas is obviously under attack. Um, at this point, I don't think there's any questions. I've still been digging into that, seeing what else I could find. Um, a couple more fires popped up. Another uh, chicken plant got burned up today, all here over down there in Texas. Um, another area that popped up that uh, – had like millions of crows or a million. So a, a big giant murder of crows all over the place. That's, that's always a freaky thing to see. It's always like ravens and crows. They're always a, a sign, but um, nonetheless, it's looking more and more like Texas is a hundred percent under attack. Um, I'm looking at more of these videos that are coming out, more of the photos. And it's the same thing. You know, the, I asked myself the question, you know, um, has fire become the most discriminant thing on this earth? Has fire stopped caring about wood? That long-lasting, centuries-long, generations relationship that fire and wood have just gone together so well. And all of a sudden, fire's like, no, 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 no. I don't want wood. I'm going to leave these trees alone. I'm going to leave the bushes alone. I'm going to go melt cars down, steel, melt it to the ground. I'm going to remove houses from their foundations, which is another weird thing. All of us have seen fires growing up in our lives. Every one of us at some point has known someone whose house burned down, seen someone whose house burned down, had a neighbor's house that burned down. And generally, they kind of fall over. The wood's still there. It kind of falls over on each other. But there's still like, um, there's still some evidence that there used to be a house there. All of these things that we're seeing down in Texas, Maui, Chile, um, Paradise in California, and other places, same exact thing. They're they're the houses are gone completely. All that's there, a little bit of a foundation, maybe cars melted to the ground, trees, a okay. So you know. Unless fires changed its motive, um, fire used to like literally go from one house to another, burn everything in between, but literally it's jumping the trees and just burning the houses down next to them. So, you know, I talked to Jeff about this earlier and I'm like, dude, what is going on? And, and even he is kind of saying, you know, we're, we're at the point right now where people 
they're not going to be careful. The people aren't going to just be sitting back passively um, soon enough. And even Jeff's saying that, you know, Jeff, he is as godly as it gets. He listens to the Lord, but he also knows how the human heart is. And and this is kind of where we're heading right now. And the farmers, um, they're being attacked like crazy. At some point, they're going to end up stepping up like they're doing overseas. And many of us don't even know what's happening overseas right now, but Europe, the farmers over there, all in absolute protest, and it hasn't stopped. This has been going on for months. They're dumping manure all over the place. They're uh, blocking off roads, um, ripping up highways. Like They're doing everything they can in their protest because of how they're being treated and being removed. America, take note. Canada, take note. We need to get on the same page and start doing that stuff here. And the thing is, though, is that once the farmers step up, you can guarantee there's going to be a lot of people that fall in suit, that fall right in line and do this. Meanwhile, um, Biden um, went down to the border today, and so did Trump. And my goodness, guys, what a juxtaposition that was. If you had not seen the footage of Biden down in Brownsville, once again, Brownsville has probably the smallest amount of uh, immigrants coming in that area, and because it's so far south that it takes forever to get out of the Republican state of Texas. So you're better off coming up um, – more towards like Eagle Pass and a little bit farther north. That way you can squeak right over there and get into Arizona and get right out of um, Texas pretty quick. Like I said, if you're in Brownsville, your only option, if you were to go east is Louisiana, Oklahoma, and some of those places, you know, they're, they're uh, Republican more than anything. And then you go over to uh, Arizona would be the place where they're all heading. So that's why the majority of them are coming over on the west side of Texas. That's where Trump went. So what do we have here? What, what were the two conversations that the, quote, and you can't see my quote fingers, quote, um, the president and the guy running for president. How did these two things um, differ from one another? Trump went down there calling out the problem. Trump went down there, mentioned the name of the girls that have that have been violated and murdered by these immigrants. Trump went down there trying to come up with solutions, talking about operations they have planned to go through and remove all of them. Not only remove the illegals that are in our country right now. But to also go in and remove the DACA college kids from the colleges and send them back home. So Trump's talking about all of this. And what does Biden go down there and do? He literally went down there, complained. He blamed everything on the Republicans because the Republicans aren't playing ball. Because he's trying to get this bill pushed through, the bipartisan bill. But like I said, the majority of that money doesn't do it, a little bit of it, tiny bit of it goes to the border. But it doesn't go to what we want. It goes to basically giving them more money so they have bigger processing areas. So it's not it, – it doesn't help us whatsoever. The majority of that money is going to Ukraine, Israel, and so forth. So that's what Biden went down there. He went down there. He blamed Trump for this, that. He blamed MAGA Republicans. Literally, all he did was went down there and pointed the finger. And nobody – like he had, I think, uh, four or five people around him. It was pretty sad. So when you watch the, the sad motorcade go in there um, – to where Biden was, it was all Trump supporters everywhere. I'm talking, it was like a little Trump rally, except they were out there uh, screaming at Biden, telling him that we want change. Then you go over to Eagle Pass where Trump was, a completely different scenario. There were thousands and thousands of people there, um, Border Patrol agents. So while Trump is talking to the governor, Trump is over there talking to the, the, the heads of the Border Patrol and the officers that are running these things and in charge, and Biden's down there just talking to a couple of agents you know, it was basically, it was all a show. It was nothing but more bread and circus. Hey, guys, I'm going to give you the illusion that I care, and I'm going to go down there and do something while Trump was actually over there, um, apparently you know, looking like he cares, and he's trying to get to the bottom of this. So it couldn't have been 
it was a bad choice on Biden. Trump had this plan for weeks and weeks and weeks. Once uh, the Biden administration found out that Trump was and his group was going down to the border, they decided to go down to the border on the same day, obviously. Um, but it was the worst case decision he could have ever have made because, look, you don't want to do anything where you're comparing yourself to Trump. At this point, that is the dumbest thing that you can possibly do. So if you're trying to go down there and outshine Trump, you're never, ever going to do that. Everything Trump's going to do is going to look amazing compared to what you're doing. So your best bet is to go, you know, like a month before, a month after. That way people have a little time to forget what Trump did down there so Biden doesn't look like such a fool. But he went down there and looked like an absolute fool. What does the world think of uh, Biden right now? Guys, keep an eye on some of the the news and the skits that are coming out from like Greece and Italy and France, like they have their versions kind of like SNL. Um, but we have is a uh, Saturday night live here. They've got their versions over there and man, they are making fun of Biden in some major ways. And then somebody brought up something good and he went through and he kind of put all of these different videos and these skits together. He's like, are they making fun of a uh, Biden or are they pointing out that this isn't really Biden? This is an actor and somebody that's being puppeteered. You know, so even they're starting to ask some of those questions that we've been asking right over here. Are there white hats doing something? Or are there actors playing certain parts? Um, like I said, even other countries are starting to question this now. Um, so it's not just us at this point. So, uh, yeah, we're just a laughing stock to the world. You're right, Truth AJ. We, we literally are at this point. Um, you know, here's another great reason, another great example of why we're the lasting stock in the world, because it's not just this administration, it's the everything the administration's done. So while they have can literally convinced us, A, that um we hire or we we hire, we elect those to have power over us, the reality is that we hire those and we have power over them. They are our employees. They work for us. But the world, our country has convinced everybody, hey, you don't need to read the Constitution. Let me tell you how this works. You know, so the world's been convinced that we just elect those people and they have the power, which couldn't be the complete opposite of that. So while we are um, focusing on the big picture, you know, the federal election, you know, we have been talking. Um, Scott's been talking about it on his show. Many of us, uh, Conley's talking about it on his show. Um, Doug on his the importance of, you know, starting county by county, focusing on your local politics, which is way more important immediately than your major politics. So paying more attention to what's happening locally. So Soros knew this. Soros well understood the power of local government and how people have been disillusioned to understand how this really works. So what does Soros do? He goes and he goes after district attorneys. He starts funding um, judges. He starts funding um, all of the people that make your local decisions and allow this crime to perpetuate as well as going after um, the, the good people that are doing things right and making them criminals. So this is a, an example right here. This is uh, Flint, Michigan. So a source inside high school in Flint, Michigan sent me this image. So a teacher is instructing her black students to write their assignments in black English while non-black students write in plain English. So what in the world is this racist garbage? Um, we all need to learn English, just period. It, it, the point is, is communicating. You know, I've never been one of those people. I've never been a spelling Nazi. I've never been a grammar Nazi. Um, I'm one of those people that if, you know, you can say what you want to and I can understand what you're saying. You don't have to. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be specific. Not not with me. I'm good at reading through text. You know, we live in a world right now where auto tries to change everything that we say. So I've gotten really good at reading what people actually wrote rather than what uh, they're trying to tell us. But like I said, this is it's more exactly a 3D wizard. This is racist garbage. Exactly what this is, you know. Um, and like I said, it, the most racist part about this 
is they are letting one group of people write one way. Another group of people are being forced to write another way. Um, you know, we live in a world, I feel that everybody is smart enough to sit down, read, study hard enough and learn anything. We don't have to have different versions of the same thing according to them. So what's really racist? Me going up to a black person and going, hey, you are smart enough to sit down and read this and learn the way that I'm learning. Or look, you're not smart enough to learn this on your own. So we're going to let you learn this on your own. You know what I'm saying? We're just going to make it easy for you. You know, so where a white person has to earn a B, an A, you know, we'll, we'll accept your C as an A. I mean, this is where we're getting to right now. So what is more racist? Like I said, is I believe everyone on this earth is capable of anything that anyone else on this earth is capable of. Nemo, writing cursive. You know, I tell you right now, you want to fool the newest generations, start writing everything in cursive and buy um, your cars in a stick shift. There you go. You have literally, and, and just two different things that you could have done have just destroyed the new generation and left them absolutely helpless. Having to learn how to read cursive, drive a stick shift. Done deal. It, it literally is as easy as that. So this is a scary part. This is something I came across the other day too. And it's, it's, it's kind of horrifying when you put two and two together, which our media won't do and the majority of our country won't do. So right now, the statistics are in the last three years, crime has fallen dramatically in Venezuela, in Guatemala, and other South American countries. Anybody care to guess why that is? Three years. What has changed in the last three years? Exactly, Hope, because they're all here. So that's the scariest part. So what does that tell you? If their crime is dropping dramatically and those people are coming up here, it means that our crime is going to rise dramatically, even more so than it is right now. Recovering Democrat, you said what I was on my mind. I don't leave this house. I don't, I mean, I, I will hang out in my yard without anything on my side. I will not leave this house, even in my safe community, without something on my side and without um, closed-toed lace shoes. At this point, I just assume that I'm going to have to run and I'm going to have to be prepared. And, you know, and, and it's better to, like I said, have what you need than not. So at this point, like I said, I just I generally don't leave without some kind of protection um, and a way that I can get up and run. Um, you know, the last couple of days. I've been making sure that all of my blades are sharpened. I'm making sure that my go bags are set, ready to go. I know where my gas masks are. I know where my, uh, um, my antibiotics, my silver colloidal, like literally I've been making sure that I know exactly where everything is. I'm making sure that all of my, uh, my chargers are charged so I can solar power some of my stuff if I have to at some point. Um, I'm just getting ready um, bit by bit by bit. Exactly. Recovering Democrat. And we all feel the same way. I refuse to be a, a victim. You know, none of us need to be a victim and just a little bit of preparation. And like I said, no reason to be afraid. God 100% has our back. And uh, hopefully we'll never, ever have to put, take our finger off a of trigger discipline. That'd be awesome. But, you know, we need to be prepared to do so in the meantime. So as I told Jeff earlier, I said, I'm getting to the point now where I will always have um, a couple of, of uh, pew pews at hand, but I will have my best weapon always on me, guaranteed no matter where I go. And that is like my gospel spreader. I always have a Bible with me. And the one that I, I carry with me for the most part is um it's a Bible that uh MSM Liars gave me. Oh, speaking of MSM Liars, he won't be joining us this evening because he had a uh a meeting that started at nine o'clock. It's gonna last a couple hours for baseball. So he has been forgiven. But um yeah, so he gave me a Bible um 
that is a military Bible. So it's a little bit smaller. The pages are a little bit more durable. So if they were to get wet, they wouldn't, you know, just be able to rip apart. So that's the Bible that I carry around in a little case. And it's big enough just to put either slide down behind my, uh, my, uh, ballistics vest or slip into a pocket. Cause like I said, if, if I have a choice of getting caught in a battle without a gun or without a Bible, um, I would rather have the Bible than the gun. So that's preparing me for absolutely anything. Plus, I can always run on the battlefield screaming prayer while everybody's doing their job. I, mean, I think every good battlefield needs somebody saying prayer. Um, this one right here, um, it's it's sad, but I'm also glad that you know a person has a bit of humor during this time. So he lost his wife, um, and you know obviously there's a there's a point in our life where we have to experience what it's like to take care of a funeral and all the costs and stuff associated with it in our life. But, you know, some of us get, you know, 56 years old before we ever have to deal with anything like that. Um, this guy right here, but he had a good sense of humor about it. He says, I'm confused how a cemetery can raise its funeral prices and blame it on the cost of living. <laughs> he's like, you know, I love that. I mean, I guess if, if, you know, someone's going to pass away, at least he's got a good sense of humor, but how well is that, man? You can't blame the, you can't blame the cost of funeral prices on the cost of living. It's the, it's the, the price that you pay for death. Actually. Um, this is kind of good news. Um, kind of replace it. Cause once again, we talked about Mitch McConnell saying that he's going to step down. Um, I think we're pretty happy about that. All of us are, um, I'd love for him to step down completely from the Senate but he's going to be at least stepping down from um, minority position in the Senate as of November. November is a long way away. November is right before the election. So the question is, is um, why doesn't he vacate now? Why does he wait until November? Well, somebody brought it up last night in a video that I played for you briefly, and he said it perfectly. He knows how bad things are going to get. He knows that Trump's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. More people are going to support him. They're not going to be able to cheat this election. So Mitch is probably going to stay in here to do as much damage and absolutely destroy the GOP while he is in there. So when he walks away, it's on someone else's back to fix. So that's that's my guess is what's going to happen. But this right here would be awesome. So this is breaking news. Senator Rand Paul appears to be the favorite to replace Mitch McConnell. Would you guys support this? Because I absolutely 100% would. Um. He is one person that over the years, I mean, I've always been pretty cautious about any politicians, um, but I'm really cautious, you know, just in general. I always loved um, Ron Paul, always loved Ron Paul, um, you know, so I didn't, you know, just kind of throw Rand Paul away because, you know, every now and then Rand Paul says some stuff where I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Um, Senator Kennedy down there in Louisiana has been doing a lot of that recently. Like, I always loved that guy, but he's making some pretty questionable decisions. But overall. Overall, I would say 90%, and it's the same thing with Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz does some things, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But then he does some things, and I'm like, whoa, you're doing something that nobody else is doing. So I, you know, Rand Paul is is better, in my opinion, even than, than Ted Cruz is. He seems to be more honorable. He seems to care about our country. Um, we will see at some point, but I would support him 100% because DJ Shaw, exactly. He speaks up. Um, and I'm, he's from Kentucky, kind of like that too. That's kind of a bonus for me anyways. Um, then we got on this one right here. This is just, this is crazy. So they always have, um, this strained, fake, compassionate expression when they're trying to tyrant you for your own good. Listen to this. 
some of our greatest strengths can also be our. Oh, you're going to be like that. So, for example, our deep commitment to free speech in our First Amendment, it is a cherished right. It is an important right in democracy and nobody wants to get rid of it. But it makes us vulnerable to claims that anything we try to do to regulate speech is censorship. Of course, the Supreme Court has held that all fundamental rights, even the right to free speech, can be limited as long as there is a compelling governmental interest and the restriction is narrowly tailored to achieve that interest. But I think anytime someone tries to do anything that might limit free speech, people claim censorship. I mean, just look at the case the Supreme Court heard today about efforts by the states of Florida and Texas to prevent social media companies from moderating content online. And they call it censorship, that they are trying to silence conservative voices. Uh, Of course, social media companies are private actors who are not bound by the First Amendment. And so we need to have a conversation and common sense solutions to these things. Instead, we throw out terms like censorship, we call each other names, we use labels, and we, we all retreat to our opposite sides. We need to be pragmatic and come with, up with real solutions, but it is. That's like the biggest bunch of garbly good garbage I've ever heard, man. And they all play this game because they think that we're dumb and we don't understand how this works. Look, first amendment is the first amendment. It's everywhere. And these, these companies that are getting kickbacks from our government, they don't need to be getting kickbacks because the, they, if they want to go on their own and be a private company, that's a whole different story. But our government's partially funding these things, which bides them by the Constitution, which means we have the right to say what we want to. And look, as a Christian, do I want to hear people out there worshiping Satan? Absolutely not. But they have the right to do it here in this country. And as much as I hate it, I'm going to use that opportunity to try to talk about God to them. But they have the right to say what they want to. Same thing with cursing. Same thing. You know, they try to redefine, just like they try to redefine, um, you know, what um, our guns are by calling them, you know, assault weapons and stuff like that. They try to redefine words. They try to redefine absolutely everything to fit into their spectrum. These people are the absolute worst at censorship. They go after conservatives, Christians for absolutely anything that comes out of their mouth. They try to turn it around to make it seem like it's a bad thing. They are the ones that are trying to completely get rid of this First Amendment. But they'll be allowed to say whatever they want to. You just can't say what you want to. And that's where we're going to get to. So there'll be a point, you know, at some point if the Democrats had it their way to where anything that we said to defend ourselves will be considered racist and a jailable offense. Um, anything that is said to us is a whole different story because, well, you can't be racist towards a white person. This is ultimately what's going to come down here at some point. Now, this woman right here, <clears throat> this is awesome. She um, is a European, and she's got a message here for Americans. Listen to this. And may I remind you of the Dutch farmers' protests? As you know, I was very much involved in that. And those brave farmers who objected to the state's plans to just rob them of their land, also they were met with extreme police violence. They even shot at a 16-year-old boy that was driving away from a completely peaceful protest. They missed his head by one inch. So please allow me, as a European woman who is not even legally allowed to carry pepper spray, to tell you, hang on to that second amendment of yours for dear life. I can't say that I disagree with her in any way. This is a woman who is coming from Europe. Um, Guys, trust me, it ain't the same. I'm talking all of Europe, Britain, Scotland, some of those places that weren't like, you know, as deep down, like, you know, Germany, some of these other places, maybe. 
Um, but yeah, even in Britain and Scotland, some of these places that you wouldn't think they would have anything like this, they haven't allowed you to have guns for a while. They'll let you have a rifle, no handguns or anything like that. Really hard to get. Once again, though, criminals can, in fact, get those. Um, but they've even stopped you from being able to carry knives, pepper spray, or any of that stuff. So at this point, people are pretty defenseless over in a lot of those European countries. And uh, Australia was, I think, one of the last countries to learn about how dangerous it is to have your weapons taken away from you and, and what kind of tyranny comes in. Because we all know the old saying is they don't come after your weapons unless they plan on doing something that you would shoot them for. And that is 100% what's going on right now. So listen to this woman. She, they, they don't have a way to protect themselves anymore. You don't hear the stories. Like you hear the stories over here about um, our young girls being violated. You hear about um, some stories over here about our young women and girls, young boys, whatever, being murdered. You don't, it's nothing compared to what's happened over in Great Britain right now. Um, England is in such a horrible spot. There's places in England that don't even look like England anymore. Scotland, the same way. I had someone asked me the other day, they were heading over to Scotland. Um, this summer and i was like look go to sky island go to the caledonia mountains go to calendar do everything you can outside of a city because if you're in edinburgh if you're in glasgow if you're in aberdeen um any of those places you're basically it's it's no different than los angeles at this point it's it's sad i'm watching culture just absolutely disappear um next one and once again um biden is literally a dictator Everything, everything they have accused Trump of, of going to do, they have literally done. And it's amazing how many of these uh, progressives that still aren't catching on to it, but fortunately a lot of your level-headed moderates are. We live in a world right now where facts are what's important. The only thing that, you know, like I said, to me, I've got enough facts personally in Scripture. Scripture is a faith-based thing, different thing as far as I'm concerned. But as far as what we deal with right here on this earth, Facts are important, but these progressives only deal with feels. And the problem is that because they only deal with feels, they don't want to listen to you. They've already, it's in their head. This is the way it is. There's absolutely nothing that you can say, no matter how much proof you bring to me, put in front of my face. I'm not going to believe you because it doesn't fit into my feels. You know, that's not what this is. We are um, a world of facts. So, and a fact is that Biden's a dictator. Trump was never going to be. Um, but this is what I'm talking about specifically. So the deep state strikes after being fired by CBS. Um, a federal judge, Christopher Cooper, has just held investigative reporter Catherine Harrods. So Catherine Harrods used to work for Fox. Um, Fox wanted to get rid of her, so they refused to give her a raise. And this woman, if anybody on Fox deserved it, she was one of the hardest working um, journalists out there. Uh, so they let her go because they didn't want to pay her because they basically didn't want to keep her because she was exposing so much truth. CBS was like, cool, we'll take her. Um, our ratings will go a little bit higher. But she started digging into some major stuff, especially dealing with the Hunter Biden laptop, things that, ab that people absolutely don't want to talk about. So in a civil contempt, um, or excuse me, Catherine Harridge is now being held in civil contempt for refusing to disclose her source for stories about a Chinese-American scientist. Once again, this goes right back to the video that I just played for you a second ago about our First Amendment. Um, First Amendment rights, one of those rights that falls right into journalism, freedom of the press, um, and they have their own little rights that allow um, to keep their sources silent and contained and safe. They don't, they don't have to provide sources. So we have watched over the last three years, and guys, I mean, we could literally do a whole show on every single time some big story was released to one of our many liberal outlets with zero um, sources. They literally just gave you the, the lies 
And they were like, you know, well, we have the right not to release our sources. So nothing ever, ever, you know, nothing ever, ever happened to those people. But now all of a sudden, because someone's got some facts and some meat and and what they're investigating, listen to the hurt, listen to what they're char- you're charging with on this contempt thing. All right. Investigated by the FBI during her time at Fox News in 2017, she faces an $800 a day fine until she complies with a 30-day stay to appeal. She was just fired by CBS News um, for her reporting materials were seized and then released um, following outrage because she um, went through and got all this stuff back. Um, She's known for pursuing the Hunter Biden alleged corruption story. So that's what got her into this mess. And now they are holding her in contempt until she exposes who her sources were, 800 bucks a day. This is no different than the crap they're pulling with Trump. So now with um, the Trump case where he was fined like $354 million is now like $450 million because they're charging Trump by the day as long – like I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars a day that he doesn't pay this. And he was like, well, I'm not going to pay this until my appeal goes through. And now New York, um, Alan Bragg or whatever um, whatever his name is, is trying to come out and say that by law, Trump has to pay this before his appeal. It's not how this works. You don't pay the people, go on appeal, and then they pay you back. It's not how this works. And many um, attorneys have come out of New York saying, look, I've tried thousands and thousands of cases like that. And maybe 10 people have ever paid before their appeal, and it was their choice. It wasn't forced by a court to do so. So they're pulling um, the same things on her. They're pulling on Trump. Um, they'll pull it on you. They'll pull it on me. They will do anything they possibly can to get people to shut up and to quit talking the truth because the most dangerous thing in this world is information and truth more dangerous than a nuclear bomb. And we have taken the enemy's weapon and used it against them. People are now no longer watching the media. The numbers have absolutely dropped. You got a couple of zombies that are still paying attention to that stuff. And the majority of the people are coming to independent journalism right now because they're seeking the truth. This is what we've needed all along is people to realize that we have the power. We can do our own research. We can search this information. We don't need to rely on the government to tell us what's going on. We don't need news organizations to lie to us, which is exactly what they're doing. This is why you have kept the world in a slumber for so very long. So we can break that that um, we can break that spell, then we'll get through this just fine. Um, so Venezuela stops accepting deportation flights from the United States. So they literally don't want their own citizens back in the country. They are emptying their jails, sending the gang members to the USA, and refusing any returns. Like Trump said, they aren't sending their best. Um, so once again, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, how the crime rate has absolutely just completely dropped in those areas. And it's because they're sending all of their worst people right over here to our country. The question is, or when are we going to see the fruits that that bears? And that's going to be a, uh, an interesting time. I'd imagine it's going to be coming at some point. They'll use some major distraction and some disruption to kind of uh, get us all focused on one thing and not paying attention to another and it's going to sidetrack us and like i said it always it's going to happen quick and the one thing that i always think about you know i'm like when are they going to when these sleepers wake up um the one thing that always comes through my head is the one scripture where it says you'll have to leave the city and you won't have time to go back for your robe you know this is kind of the thing um at this point if i lived in a city and i had no choice living in a city you can guarantee i would have bug out bag in my car just in case things went awry i would have something at my disposal to at least get me by through a couple of days to get the heck out of those cities 
So um, I'm going to play something for you guys. This is a, a, like a four-minute song or something like this. I need laughs every day. Um, I know many of you guys, you need laughs too. Um, we, we have to just walk away from the chaos. And I'll tell you right now, this made me laugh so hard. So for any of you that grew up in the era that I did, where I grew up in the you know late 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, listened to all this uh, music, this is a song that we all know. Um, even if you're not a fan of rap, sit back and enjoy this. I found this site one day when I was going through um, my social media and it was people that were remaking other people's songs and the style of. So for instance, um, let's take Jimi Hendrix, Hey Joe, and turn it into the style of Pearl Jam. You know, so it's amazing seeing this. Then I came across this video right here. This one is a white rapper singing um, an old Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre song that we all know in the style. In the style of... Uh, one, sorry, two. <laughs> in the style of Scooby-Doo. Sit back, listen to the lyrics, and enjoy this, guys. I've been laughing at this all day long. I think Ron's in here. He'll he'll tell you. This is hilarious. Three to the foe. Take me for a walk, and I'ma use the doggy dope. Ready to leave a dookie, so bag it up. Now my owner about to pick that up. Bury a bone in the dirt. I use my paws like a shovel. Feeling the itch upon my cheek, I'll be scratching my muzzle. Ain't nothing but a flea thing, baby. Coat thicker than a country gravy. Staying loyal to the ones who raised me. I'm seven, but in dog years, I'm eight. At the dog park, making new friends. If y'all are canines, then I'm a K-10. From a young pup's perspective, if I see you throwing a stick, then I'ma go and try to fetch it. Yeah, I'm the alpha of the family clan, you don't understand. I chase away any windowless vans, and if a stranger ever wanted to our property, we got the sign up on the fence that says beware of me. Cause I'm braver than Balto and Scooby-Doo. I'm more loyal than Lassie and Snoopy too. And if I'm feeling like you ain't petting me enough, I'm gonna get up in your face and be like, what the like rough? Like yapping like yippin'. <laughs> I'm like yapping, like yipping, like yap, I'm like yipping, like yapping, like yipping. Rub my belly like the lamp from Aladdin. Snipping and I'm snipping and I'm snipping. I pop my nose in a butt and I'm gonna keep whipping. Yeah, I say roll over and pirouette. I'll do all of the tricks that'll make your nose wet. No competition, I'm the best in show. I make more puppies than Perdita and Pongo. On the big couch, better watch out where you sit. Your legs, my Everest, cause baby, I'm mounting it. Just giving you affection, tongue is flexing, licking on your throat, couple strokes in your soap, it's true. I'm obsessed with you, if you leave me for a minute, I whimper and woo. Like yipping, like yapping, like yipping, I'm like yapping, like yipping, like yapping, I'm like yip. I can't chase my tail no more, so just chill next to my water bowl. Oh! Laying down on the grass like a Labrador gangster breed. See my owner walking out with a whole bag of doggy treats. It's some bacon and strips of bacon that's a faking me. The bacon might be faking, but it's tasting good, you see. First name written on my collar looking cute. Getting to shenanigans like my name was Mama Duke. Yeah, <laughs> hopping to the car, rolling down the street to the mother pup and pet smart. Yo, Spray, what up, dog? I got a new chew toy. Wore a tug, it's got a little squeak thing. Boss, yeah. My Taylor B wagon, city. I'm just gonna chow on a bowl of Purina Chase a tennis ball even more than Serena Jump on top of the bed because you know I'm down to snuggle Puppy eyes out if I ever get in trouble Tear a pair of pants up into a jock strap You call me Michael Phelps from the way my tongue laps 
And if you need a hug from a pug, I can be it. And if you got some homework, baby, show me and I'll eat it. Can a doggy get a scratch now while I'm sat down? Walking to the TSA like, can I get a pat down? Yeah, tongue's gonna flop. Marking my spot as we walk around the block. Throwing up your paws, big applause for the alpha dog. Here to defend my best friend. Got me barking like, hold my leash. No other pooch doing it better. And if it's cold out, don't put me in a sweater like yipping like yapping like yipping. It's like yapping like yipping like yapping. I'm like, yeah, the mailman's afraid of me. Got more bark than a sequoia tree. <laughs> that was so well done. Oh my gosh. So if you guys remember the actual song, the way that he rewrote this was brilliant. And I love the way that he deleted all the curse words and he was like rough. Yeah. <laughs> or a uh, mother puppin. <laughs> that was one of the, I tell you, I saw that last night. I watched it over and over and over again and I am still laughing at it. So I hope you guys enjoyed that one as well. I mean, that brought me back to the, uh, that brought me back to the day when I was like a senior in high school. I think I can't remember when that song came out, but Man, that was hilarious. Yeah, so I'll make sure to put that up on our KC Telegram because um, the words are written up there so you can actually read it in case you couldn't hear it. Um, <laughs> but that was so funny. And once again, guys, I need to laugh. I need to laugh every now and then. So I will share my great laughs with you because that one's had me laughing all day long. So this right here, guys, is absolutely awesome and amazing. So um, I didn't realize this. Did you guys know that there were rules for prayer? in our Congress, Senate, and uh, White House. I did not realize that there were actually rules for prayers. Guess what one of those rules is? That's right. It can't say a particular name. Jesus. Yeah, I learned this one today. I went through and looked it up, and there actually are rules that you have to say. And one of those things is you can't say the word Jesus. Well, this preacher didn't care, and no preacher should care. If you were compelled to scream that name, do it. And this one right here did. He didn't care about the rules and he will never be asked back again. So check this out. This pastor, Jack Hibbs, broke U.S. Capitol rules with a prayer. This man was invited out by the U.S. Capitol to pray. But the thing is, with the prayer, there are many rules he had to follow, such as you can't say the word Father and you can't say the name Jesus. Well, guess what? He did not abide by these rules. He said the word Father and Jesus in like the first sentence. Not only that, but he also called for our nation to repent. And many of the people were not happy by this. But guess what? He didn't care because he'd rather please his father than please man. So I want to play the video for you of him praying in the U.S. Capitol. And I want you guys to pray along because I believe it is a powerful prayer for our nation. Watch this. The prayer will be offered by the guest chaplain, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, Chino, California. Almighty God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Together we come before you in humility as a people in need of your forgiveness, your mercy, your goodness, and your grace. For these 250 so years, our fathers in this Congress have prayed for your guidance and protection. And so we stand here in humble petition that you today might do the same, that this nation and its unparalleled constitution your great gift to all freedom-loving people might be renewed here and across this land as a beacon of hope to all who seek peace. I ask you today, Father, to bring to us a great awakening of righteousness and confidence in you, who alone is mighty to save. Hear my cry in this hour of great need that we might be humbly blessed 
before you in the repentance of our national sins. You, Almighty God, are the source of all wisdom, and there is no wisdom but that which comes from you. So please come upon those here who are the stewards over the business of our nation with your wisdom, which comes from above, and with your holy fear, knowing that your coming day of judgment draws near when all who have been and are now in authority will answer to you, the great judge of heaven and of earth, for the decisions that they make here in this place. I offer this prayer to you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Son, your Son, and our crucified Savior and resurrected Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wasn't that powerful? Comment. That was awesome. That was so awesome. If I was up there, my prayer would be this. Jesus, 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 I love you. Jesus, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. That was, I just, I couldn't say it enough, man. So good for him for getting up there and doing that. And um, I'll tell you, man, like, we, we if, our, if our government needs anything, it's more of that. It's more of prayer. And like I said, even was like, you know, we need to repent. So good. Awesome. That was one of the things, man. Like I said, it's it's those little things because there's so much chaos in the news that you come across, and then you come across something like this. Um, yeah, yeah. He does need a prayer um, for protection, 100%. I'm going to do that right now. And DJ Shaw, thank you for for pointing that out because you're right. And uh, some other people need some protection as well. So let's let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I ask that you lay your your heavenly hand on all of these people, whether they're preacher, pastor, reverend, or just a follower of Christ, dear Lord, let us be strong. Let us never fear standing up in front of our enemy and saying the name of names, Jesus Christ, and, and just letting people know how beautiful you are, the glory and the mercy and the love that you give us every single day. I ask that you lay a special hand of protection right over this guy right here, dear Lord, this preacher. He went in there into the den of lions and he stood up and he said what he needed to say in Jesus name. And he told people to repent Dear Lord that made him a target. And you know this very well. So I ask your Lord that you just lay a hand of protection on him. Not only you protect him from this that he just did, but let him walk forward with the greatest courage and continue to do this. Father, I also ask that you bless Ron DeSantis and dear Lord, I know I don't pray for him very often, but father, that man came out today. And he made an order to release the Jeffrey Epstein's government files. And Father, I don't know where this is going to go. We have been deceived so many times with this. So Father, not only do I ask that you let these pages come out and let no truth be hidden behind black ink. Let every name be revealed to all of us. And I ask, dear Lord, that you lay your hand and you protect Ron DeSantis as well for having the courage to come out and make this move, dear Lord. We don't want him to be Clinton. We don't want him to suddenly commit suicide. We know how this evil government and tyranny works. So, dear Lord, protect him. Unredact those documents. Let him come out to the world and let all of these pedophiles and the evil people that deserve millstones to be exposed. And, dear Lord, it's not our job to create that judgment. That is yours, dear Lord. But we need to remove the tyranny from this earth in order to protect these children so it does not happen more. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So uh, always time for prayer. I don't matter if it's the beginning, middle of the show. Um, and thank you, DJ Shaw, for pointing that out. That's a very good thing is that we do. When we see people take courageous actions like this, it, you know, it, it seems small. You know, it seems like, hey, all I had to do was walk in and, and talk in front of people. But that's not the truth. This is literally one of those situations where he walked into a den of snakes and spoke right in front of all of these people. 
spoke in front of him, said the holy name, broke all the rules that they had put into that place, but he knew that those rules were meant to be broken because there should never be a place on this earth that you can't say Heavenly Father or Christ, period. So if you ever see anyone that takes the move to to have to show that courage, because in his own way, he was a David right there in that instance, pray for him because they are a target at this point. When you spread that truth, when you spread that love, evil wants to remove you from this world because you were basically working against him and, and he can't afford that right now he's trying to change the minds of many people in this world he's trying to deceive many people right now he's working on christians trying to bring them to the dark side can't let it happen keep praying for all these people and then we can take some advice from this step up and do this as well like i said we need to be this guy right here we need to go out in public and start preaching that no matter who is standing in front of us no matter how many enemies we're in God is watching over us. We got his armor. He will guide us. He will protect us. Um, this one's pretty cool too. So I came across this one as well. Um, I think I've talked about this in the past, but I'm going to play this little video real quick. So this comes down to a painting that was hanging up and it was uh, Satan playing chess with uh, another mortal. And uh, the way that even the title of it was basically Satan wins. Um, this story is so powerful metaphorically, and it's awesome because I don't even think the guy that caught this was a Christian, but he pointed something out that no one had ever seen before. Listen to this story. A picture called Checkmate. You don't want to miss this. There's a picture in the museum in the Louvre. I don't know how many of you have been there. The picture is called Checkmate. Checkmate. The yeah. devil's sitting on this side. There's a chessboard, and there's a guy sitting on the other side. And the guy sitting on the other side has his hand on his head like this and he's like in desperation and as they were taking a tour through the louvre there had been a group of of of, of athletes and particularly ch world champions that were being given a special tour and in the tour was the world chess champion and he comes walking by the picture and the guy's explaining to him this is a picture of an artist's rendering of somebody who lost the battle with the devil. And so the group moved on to the next picture to see something else. But the world chess champion, he stayed there and he just kept looking at the picture. And soon they noticed that he was not with the group. And so the tour guide came back and said, we've, we've, we've moved on, are you, are you coming? He said, well, I've been looking at this picture and the guy said, yeah, he said, it's, it's called Checkmate. The devil's laughing, the man's lost. And he said, yeah, he said, I've been noticing that. He said, but while I've been standing here, I've kept looking at the picture. I'm, I've, got, I've got a problem. And he said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a world champion chess player. And I spend my life playing chess. And normal people don't always see what a world champion chess player sees. Mm. He says, but when y'all walked off, I looked at the devil laughing and I looked at the man in desperation. But he said, I noticed something on the chessboard. He said, either they're going to have to change the painting or they're going to have to change the name. And the guy said, well, why are you?
are they going to have to do that? He said, well, you know, I'm a world champion chess player. Yeah. And he said, when I observed the board, I found out the king still has one more move. Amen. I come to tell somebody today, you believe you've been cornered. You believe everything is gone and nothing has got any hope. But the king still has one more move. I mean, that gave me the chills when I first heard that, man. The king has one more move. Can't ever forget that. Guys, look, we may be surrounded by our enemy. It may be me on that battlefield alone, got separated from all of my family, all of my friends. I may be looking at 20 enemies right there in front of me with their guns pointed right at my face. But that doesn't mean it's done. Because God is watching over every single one of us, and he always has one more move, period. No one's ever going to beat God. And if you were a servant of God, God's going to be watching right over you just like that. One more move. Don't ever forget that. No matter how hopeless things get, the king will always have one more move. Man, that gave me the shivers when I heard that earlier. It's unbelievable. Um, So next one right here uh, is... Uh, Sorry, I had to scroll up real quick. Um, right here, this was uh, Biden earlier, okay? This was Biden earlier in um, Brownsville, Texas. I'm going to play this, and I'm going to play it again. And I want you to listen very, very carefully to what he is saying and tell me if you heard what I heard. In the wake of these disasters, and we rebuild to the standards that are up-to-date up standards, the building codes and the rest. Because a lot of, if you fly over these areas that are burned to the ground, you'll see in the midst of 20 homes that are just totally destroyed, one home sitting there because they had the right roof on it. You'll see in the midst of 20 homes that are just totally destroyed, one home sitting there because they had the right roof on it. Um, what exactly does he mean by that, Hope? <laughs> Blue roof? That's the first thing that I thought. How crazy was that? He's like, yeah, and there'll be one house that survived it because they had the right, right roof. Once again, guys, has fire changed since I was a kid? Because um, I don't remember ever like building a home or anything where they're like, oh, we got the fireproof roof, so the rest of the house is going to be okay. Exactly. He was talking about the blue roofs, and I think that he slipped up and said that because he was literally like, you'll be looking at a group of 20 homes that were destroyed, and right in the middle of them will be one untouched house because they had the, quote, right roof. Weird. Hmm. Anyways, yeah, you guys caught that too. I was right there. The first thing, Hope, when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, he may as well just said Blue Roof. Um, so this one was interesting, too. This one was sent to me um, by Jay Wu earlier. And uh, pretty interesting stuff right here. So we talk about this a lot, um, you know, cursing, spells, and so forth. And, you know, my opinion when it comes to, like, a harsh language never bothers me. Um, I have a, you know, my issue, and you'll never hear me play, if I have a video and it's got the F-bombs in it. If it's a powerful enough video, it needs to be heard, then I'll play it. Um, I don't care what video it is. If it has the word GD in it, um, I generally won't play it unless I missed it and I accidentally do. There's To me, that's you know the, the words that you shouldn't be saying. Like I've never been offended by someone with the F-bombs, S-bombs. doesn't matter. I generally don't curse. Um, in, you know, in general, I don't curse on the show. But I'm also an adult, and it's never bothered me. What is real curse words? It's the way that we say things when you are using words to curse something or to change something. 
you know, so when you're putting ill will upon something, um, you know, so it's literally just like witchcraft spell casting. Um, there's a reason that when we put letters together, what does your teacher call it? Spelling. Um, it's the same thing, you know, curse says and so forth. So listen to what this lady has to say. Um, and then we'll discuss this one afterwards. When I look up the meaning of words, I use an etymology dictionary, not a standard dictionary. The etymology is the word's origin. In my opinion, from where words are spells, and a spell cannot be reversed unless you do an exorcism, the original meaning of a word sticks. I could be wrong on that, but that's just intuitively what I feel. So, the word bully means sweetheart, lover, or brother in an etymology dictionary. In a standard dictionary today, it says someone that causes intentional harm. But if it actually means brother, sweetheart, or lover, if we go around and say, don't bully, stop bullying, what we're actually saying is stop being a brother, stop being a lover, stop being a sweetheart. It's the inversion of what we think that we're saying. Same thing with the word nice. It means foolish, silly, or stupid. So if we say, have a nice day, we're saying, have a stupid day. It's not coincidence, or maybe it is, but coincidence is pre-planning. Have a great day. Yeah. She's, when I look she, up. You know, she says her opinion or, you know, instinctively, I feel, I think she's a hundred percent right. Um, and you can, you can go back and look at these birds. You know, um, I literally, as soon as I saw this video, um, both me and Jay Wu were online um, looking up etymology dictionaries. Um, obviously, I'm thankful that they had the subtitles up here so I could spell it right, so I could find it. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to order one of those dictionaries because it does. It goes over all the root words, all the, the, you know, where words came from, what they started off as. And I would say probably at least 40% of the words that we use have been altered in some way. So when you're, you know, saying one thing, um, today by the day standards, you're saying something else by the old standards and those standards don't change because you're still invoking what the original word meant. So like she just used the, the word bully, which means friendship, lover, brother, you know, good things. So when you're telling someone to stop bullying someone, you're actually telling them to stop loving, stop being peaceful, stop being sweet. So there's a lot of different words, um, in our um, language that are out there. That's why, um, one of the things is uh, I spent a little time, I, I didn't um, formally learn Latin in school, but I actually learned a little bit of Latin just on my own going through. And I started seeing some of the old context of words and how they were very different. So even Conley has discussed before on his show um, the importance of keeping our words and taking our words back. We're watching today in today's terms right in front of our eyes them changing the meaning of words, them altering things to either be a negative meaning or a positive meaning, basically the opposite of what they were. We're seeing this on a mass scale. So imagine what's happened over our lifetimes. So yeah, and, and the great thing about the etymology dictionaries um, are they do go over the root context of where this word came from, you know, from the Latin or so forth. So it's definitely interesting. So I, I found one of those uh, dictionaries online for like six bucks. So I'm actually going to go through and start just randomly looking words up and seeing how different they are by today's standards. But nonetheless, it was a pretty interesting thing um, as well. Uh, one more thing before I go into um, topics, I'm going to be talking about the 10 predicted prophecies fulfilled in Jesus here in just a moment. Um, so 
there's been a lot of uh, people that are going around they're they're talking you know of their visions um prophecies or whatever that they're having and you know i will listen to them but i'm also you guys know how i feel about prophecy i'm very very cautious to me it's more for entertainment i generally don't take any of this stuff um too seriously because there's a lot of false prophets out there so i'll listen and that's about it but you won't see me um giving away my savings because someone you know has a pro you know whatever um i think we all are kind of at that point um but the uh that's why i kind of want to talk about you know some of the, the real predictive prophecies but one thing that's been going around recently is a lot of people talking about um three days of darkness coming up uh i had mentioned that with one of the videos that i talked about you know some of the people that are talking or discussing the three days of darkness and the thing is is a lot of people are saying you know that it is scriptural um i don't know if it is or not you know so be cautious about you know that i don't think anything is mentioned about three days of darkness in scripture now i do believe i did find something in yasher but yasher is not um canaan in our new scriptures so once again just be very careful because a lot of people right now um, there was a couple people that came out with just some dreams that they had had, you know, just trying to talk about it. But then you've got a lot of people that jump on that bandwagon and they start throwing out all this crazy fake. Obviously, they're not profit prophecies in order to get clicks, likes and make a little bit of money. So one of those things is be very careful right now, because I don't think I've seen I don't think I've ever seen more people claiming to be prophets than I have just in the last couple of weeks. So they're stepping up their game. Yeah, I know three days is mentioned many, many times um, in Scripture. Three is like a big number, Blade Runner. Um, I was just looking specifically for that three days of darkness, like prophetic stuff. And like I said, the only thing I found was in was in Yasher. And uh, I'm not too familiar with that. So let us talk about 10 predictive prophecies fulfilled in Jesus. So I came across something, and I'm still digging into it. This is like, this is way, way more digging than I have time for within a week or two like it was unbelievable it was a lineup in scripture of things in old testament that are crossed over in new testament so basically things in old testament that line up with new testament there are sixty thousand examples in that book of things that are talked about in old testament that are either fulfilled or line up with new testament that is pretty darn amazing you know, and it's one of those things because I hear a lot of people, it, the discussions out there, because like I said, the devil's working overtime. He's trying to make people question a lot of their faith these days. They don't want us to hang on and, and develop our faith, get closer to Christ. So they put a lot of stuff out there that's making people start to question those things. Like I said, that's where all those false prophecies are coming from at this point as well. So, but things that we can rely on, I've got um, multiple 10 examples right here that I'm just going to go through. Of, of predictive prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus. And that is the beautiful thing is the more you get into scripture for the people out there that are like, you know, I go by old scripture. The New Testament was put in there by the deep state. I've had that conversation with people. Like it's amazing the levels that people are going to at this point. When if you go into scripture hard enough and you really dig into old and new testament, how many things line up absolutely completely. Blade Runner, you know, that conversation that I had, um, with someone, because I want you guys know me. I'm one of those people. I will never turn my back on a brother. I will never turn a back on an enemy that is really trying to have a sincere conversation. Um, you know, like I said, this is what we were kind of sent in to do: is to have these conversations, challenge people, let them understand what we know in Scripture, um, help them understand better, um, under have a better understanding of Scripture if we have that with us. Um, this was the only person that I have ever 
backed away and walked away completely from the conversation because I felt like it was a point where he wasn't as much coming to me for proof that um, new scripture and old scripture tie into one another as much as he was trying to convince me that the New Testament was completely false and put in there by the deep state. That is literally the only person that I've ever walked away from a, a big, deep conversation. But um, I just, I knew at that point that it wasn't about him trying to find out the real answer as much as him trying to convince me that I was completely wrong. And that's one thing. I will question a lot of things, but one thing that I won't question no matter what I'm reading is my faith in Jesus Christ um, ain't going to happen. That was one, like I said, you you can talk to me about many things. You may be able to talk me out of green being my favorite color and convince me that red's the best color, but you're not going to convince me that that new scripture, the new Testament is wrong and that Christ is not our savior. Cause he is 100% how we're getting into heaven washed in his blood. So I know I love green. It's my favorite color. I know you love green blade runner. Cause you like, uh, you, you love lawns apparently <laughs> blade runner. Um, so these are the 10 predicted prophecies filled in Jesus. So fulfilled prophecy is one of the most powerful and common evidence for the Christian faith. This is uh, something that we use often as Christians when we're talking to people that don't necessarily believe because we can show how something was talked about in one place and fulfilled another place hundreds and hundreds of years later. So there are Old Testament prophecies that foreshadow New Testament realities. So as Christ being the Passover lamb Exodus 12, 21, 1 Corinthians 5, 7. And there are also um, predictive prophecies that point forward to the coming Messiah. So here are 10 of the uh, unique that uniquely point to Jesus. One of them is preexistent and divine. So in Micah 5, 2 predicts that the Messiah, a ruler, shall come from Bethlehem, um, who's going forth from old from everlasting, in other words, a future ruler would be everlasting, which means he must pre-exist. That would be a that would be in a Colossians one seventeen and affirms that Jesus was before all things. So then that falls back into what Jeff is saying when he asked the question, you know, who spoke life into existence? Well, Jesus spoke life into existence. God, Jesus, but you know, Jesus spoke life into existence once again which means he must pre-exist before all things. Two, a prophet. So Deuteronomy 18.18 describes a future prophet from whom God would speak through. This prophet was expected to perform miracles like Moses and to lead people to follow God. Jesus was a miracle-working prophet like Moses, Matthew 21.11. Um, number three, of the line of Jesse in the house of David. So Jesse was the father of David, the king of Israel. Jewish commenters expected the Messiah to come from the genealogical line. Um, and the apostle Paul affirms that Jesus descended from David. That's Romans 1, 1 through 3. Um, another one is a judge. So a prop, the prophet um, Isaiah described the coming judge, the Lord, who would save Israel. Um, the Messiah was to, personal, was to personally exercise judgment. And as the Apostle Paul explains, Jesus is ultimately that judge. That's 2 Timothy 4.1. Um, next one, number five, is king. So some leading um, rabbi um, commentators who address Psalms 2.6 have claimed that it spoke first of David and then of the Messiah, both of whom were anointed by um, king or anointed king by God. 
So Jesus was accused of being such a king, even though his kingdom was different than they had expected. And that is Matthew 27, 37. Um, next one is number six, special presence of the Holy Spirit. So the Messiah was expected to have a special anointing of the Holy Spirit. Um, in this baptism in the Jordan River, the Spirit of God uniquely descends on Jesus and the Father affirms he is his beloved son. Um, the next one is uh, the preceded messenger. That's number seven. So according to some of the leading um, rabbi commentators, Isaiah 40:30 describes the Messiah, the Lord, who could be preceded by a messenger. So the Gospel of Mark begins by citing both Malachi 3.1 and Isaiah 43 to indicate that John the Baptist is the messenger preparing the way for the Messiah. Um, Number eight is ministry and miracles. So the prophet Isaiah predicted that when the Messiah comes, the blind shall see, the deaf shall hear, the mute shall speak, and the lame shall shall walk again. This is a... um, this is in um, Isaiah uh, 35, 5 through 6. And it says, and this is exactly what Jesus did. That's Matthew 9, 5. So Jesus literally came through and he did this. Um, not only did he heal some of the blind, cure or help some of the deaf, help mute speak physically. He did this also very metaphorically and spiritually, um, you know, not just physically, but spiritually as well. Paul, Saul, great example. Um, in Damascus, didn't believe in Christ, was literally rounding up Christians um, as a Pharisee or Sadducees, ends up meeting Christ in the desert. Christ blinds him physically and then eventually sends one of the apostles to restore his sight in the name of Jesus. But not only did he gain his physical sight back, along with that sight, he gained spiritual sight once again, just like amazing grace. You know, I was once but blind, but now can see. So he did, these miracles weren't just physical miracles, they were spiritual miracles too. And to me, I always love the story of Paul. And I know that there's a lot of, um, it's crazy, all the different churches and stuff that are leaving Paul out of it, saying that that's all false stuff. And it's crazy because it's one of the most powerful stories to me of a guy who literally rounded up Christians, seeing Jesus, being blind, restoring his physical sight, his spiritual sight, and becoming one of God's greatest workers, going from land to land, covered more miles than all the other disciples and apostles did together, built more churches, and uh, once again was a great example of how God can take someone with a questionable heart and turn it around to be one of the greatest servants that he has. And that story of Paul is the reason that I can pray for my enemies today, because I'm reminded that even a person like Paul can find God, can find Christ in their heart, and not only find that right path, but turn around and do some amazing things for our Heavenly Father. Everyone on this earth is capable of it. The devil can't out, outdo God, so a human certainly isn't going to. So God, all he has to do is someone just, just open that opportunity, just that open one moment to be like, who is Jesus? Have that one moment and Jesus will present himself into your life. And that's what we do is we just kind of get people answering some questions, ask some questions. That's one thing that I've learned um, is when you're going around and you start preaching certain things, a lot of the people that aren't ready to listen won't listen. But if you ask questions instead, um, it's not very pushy. And people will sit around and, and answer or allow you to talk about those questions. That's one thing that I do 
even on social media when I do political stuff, is I got a couple of pages up on some of the social media where I pretend to be a Democrat so that I can go into some of these Democrat um, uh, pages and literally just ask questions. And I come across like I am a liberal who is starting to see the light of what's going on in this world, asking simple questions. And like I said, it's very non-threatening and I get long engaged conversations that way. So that's the same thing. I, I take that same tactic and what I'm doing, I'm talking to people about Christ and I start asking questions and then it becomes a conversation where now I'm answering things um, where it's not as threatening. Like I said, one of the reasons it took me so long to follow Christ wasn't Christ, wasn't God. It was many Christians because I'd walk into a church and I'd feel unwelcome. I'd feel judged. I'd be like, you know, you, you, you're in the wrong place. You better start, you know, getting the shape and following our lead. It's not like that. Um, that's the thing. If you are a drinker and you're trying to find God, is God going to be like, no, don't you dare come to me until you stop drinking? No, 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 no. That's not how this works. God's like, come on into my house. And eventually by knowing God, by learning God, by understanding what he teaches us, one day you realize, man, I'm not drinking like I was. God isn't going to stop you because you're a sinner. He recognizes we're all sinner. And you know, I've seen, I've had literally people reach out to me right here in this, that people are in this chat. No one's, none of these people are in here tonight, but literally say you need to block this person because they've got a drug addiction or they are too sexually active. And it's like, would Jesus turn his back on anybody? No. Did Jesus hang out in churches to turn people around? No. He walked amongst the people that needed him. Condemn none. Exactly, Brave Runner. Condemn none. And my answer always, when I had the same people coming back saying you need to get rid of these certain people because of this, my answer was no. That means that they're exactly where they need to be. And maybe one day someone's going to come over here and tell a testimony or someone's going to say something that wakes them up. Like I say, God works in miracle ways. He speaks to us. He works through us to help other people the same way other he's working through others to help us. Um, you know, let our testimonies be one of the great stories that changes other lives. But as Christians, we cannot turn our back on anybody. Like I said, we certainly don't want to be stumbling blocks. We don't want to turn our back either. Um, unless it's absolutely something that may um, harm your relationship with Christ. And at that point, walk away. Um, sometimes that happens and I get it. Um, the next one is uh, number nine or eight ministry, or excuse me, or excuse me, number nine. He was to enter the temple. So Malachi predicts that the Messiah will powerfully come to the temple after God sends his messenger. So Matthew describes how Jesus entered the temple and overturned tables and drove out money changers. It's Matthew 21, 12. And we're seeing that a lot here. There are some churches around here. We talked about them last night, the prosperity churches, Joel Osteen, all of those people that are running around all over the place. I'll tell you, man, probably about time for some table turning and some whipping of some people in some of those churches because they are misleading large amounts of people. That's one of the things that I absolutely love and I cherish about these churches that we have right here in our own area is you're looking like, I think a busy church is like less than a hundred people. And then you got some of the more quaint churches where you're looking at like 50 people, like the churches around here, we got a lot of them. We've got more churches and convenience stores around here. Um, but they're all quaint, small churches. And I've got no problem with the big churches. Matter of fact, um, there was a point in my life. And even as a broadcaster, there was a point in my life where I felt uncomfortable walking into a, uh, some of those churches that had cameras everywhere that had directors and all this other stuff like that it kind of bothered me a little bit because I felt like the church was industrialized, you know, or 
or another just a form of entertainment or something. It, it did bother me, but today I get it. Today, um, I will happily even go into a church and direct some of those things or operate as a cameraman. If I could find a gig doing that like that, I'd do it in a heartbeat because you know, sometimes people can't leave their homes. Sometimes people are, you know, miles away from a church. Some people don't have a car and can't get there. But many people have a phone, many people have a computer, they have the internet, so they're able to hop online to attend some of these churches. Um, so that's what I'm saying. My my perspective has changed on that. I keep my mind open because I see that, you know, God uses any reach that he possibly can. And even on the internet, that's one of those things. And that's one of the conversations that we're having is, um, you know, starting, I know this weekend, Jay Wu will be doing like a fireside chat. He'll be getting this weekend. I've got a lot of uh, work to do around the house. I finally got my storm doors in. So I will not be on this one. But next weekend, I will be part of it every single weekend going forward. A fireside chat, giving everybody an opportunity to come on to Zoom, and let's sit down and have just a communal conversation about God. You guys ask questions, we'll answer, we'll ask questions, you answer. Um, it's going to be a great thing. It's going to unite the family even more, coming together and praying. So um, if Jay Wu is in here, yeah, he is. Um, let him know uh, Church by the Fire is what he's going to call it. Um, and it, it may not just be on his platform. It may run back and forth between um, his platform and my platform. But nonetheless, we're going to be doing this together going forward. Um, so as of next week, and I'll be doing that full time, as well as uh, possibly another project with another brother that I had a wonderful conversation with today who's sitting here right now. I'll let that be a surprise when it comes down to it. But uh, we are also talking about um, doing something else as well. So obviously continue doing um, KC and some of the other things that I have planned on doing. But guys, there's plenty of time in this world. Um, we are all working different hours. We're getting up at different times and so forth. So the more people we have on deck doing these shows, the more opportunity some of you can actually come and attend one of these live shows. Um, and a lot of people are stepping up and doing that. So um, I'm looking forward to getting involved with Jay Wu doing this as well as my other brother that I'm not going to mention right now. Um, I'll let him talk about this when he is ready, but I'm absolutely excited. Like I said, everyone's coming together, doing these things. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. Hope is starting a podcast too. That is absolutely amazing. And hope, um, oh, she said, no. Okay. Cause I was going to offer to tell you anything that you needed to about getting it ready. But apparently Blade Runner was just kidding. Oh, that's a bummer, man. I would, I would have definitely attended that show. Um, like I said, a lot of people are stepping up, standing up and doing this. So I hope that you all, um, can come over, join us on those weekends, be part of our little, um, round tables, um, and having conversations about God. There's always enough time to do so. And like I said, the more people stepping up and doing it, the better off we are because a lot of people getting reached and, uh, it's not about the numbers. You know, that's the one beautiful thing is that the majority of the new Christians that come in and view KC or when it's after it's been published or published, we get like four to 5,000 views, which is amazing. Cause I have a lot of people reaching out to me. Um, they were saying, Hey, look, we're finally seeking God. We found your show. We found this show. We found that show. This is awesome. Like I said, the more people that are out there, the more likely someone is going to come across the show. And it may be this, that show may have not been meant for anybody else but them, but that's how God works. One soul at a time. This is amazing. So finally, number 10 is he was to enter Jerusalem on a donkey. So the prophet Zechariah predicted that the Messiah would enter Jerusalem mounted on a donkey. And according to Luke, this is exactly what Jesus did. This is Luke 19, 35 through 37. Admittedly, some of these predictive prophecies have greater um, 
graver uh, evidential value than others. And of course, um, there are many objections raised to the points mentioned here, which my father or which these people right here address in this particular um, conversation that I had found. But these are just 10 examples of the 60,000. That's right. 60,000 connections that go from Old Testament to New Testament, things that were prophesied one place and proven in another. So once again, and this goes, you're talking back in Daniel and before, you know, talking about the, the son of man appearing in the clouds. Like there's no question. I mean, every day the Bible gets validated in a new way for me. I get more excited. I find new connections. I know all of you guys do too. And it's like I said, is it God's work in our life every day? He's giving us a new excitement about something um, every time that we make another connection. That's the beauty of it is seasoned veteran um, preachers are still putting connections together. It is a perfectly written word. Thousands of years later, it's still more powerful than any book ever put to paper. And um, hopefully we see that one of the biggest revivals we've ever seen here in these next couple of months, because we got a lot to do to change this world. So, um, so anyways, uh, that's enough of, of what I'm going to be getting into that. So I'm just going to kind of carry on and talk about, like I said, a little bit more about what we plan on doing here. Um, like I said, I've got a couple of scripts that I'm working on right now. I'll be releasing those Payne's Angels videos um, soon enough. Um, as always, whenever I get done making one of those videos, I will always play the audio here on this show first before I even put it out onto Rumble or anything like that. Um, you guys were family, so I always get, I love getting the opportunity to share that with you before I share it with anybody else. So I'm working on, um, like I said, the majority of the stuff is scriptural. I've got one that's political that leads into scriptural because, like I said, right now, um, politics is important. It's important to know what's going on in this world, but there's nothing more important than finding that path to our Heavenly Father. So everything that I do now, I try to incorporate that into it. Um, there was a point, if you guys go back to my old Pain Angels videos, it was so heavy on the politics. But the beauty about those videos is you can literally watch my growth in the Christianity starting at the first video and then working way up. Um, so I'm going to be continuing to do that. The Lord has inspired me to work on these scripts again, which is absolutely amazing, as well as um, digging into building these new shows. That being said, um, I will, it's, I'm, I'm still working on this, but I will be getting, um, once my router and everything comes in, I can get everything set up. I will be also going to rumble. So I, um, the, the way that Podbean works for those of you that don't um, run a show is it's its own, um, it's its own platform. So when I run a show, I run it directly through Podbean. Um, when I run uh, my other visual shows, I run it through a thing called restream, which sends it into multiple of uh, different areas. So I will continue to, even when I go to Rumble, I will continue to be right here on Podbean because I absolutely love the chat here, but I'll also be going live video on Rumble. The bonus to Rumble, the chat, mediocre. Um, the great thing about Rumble is that you guys can watch it on your own television. So if you've got like a Roku or anything like that, you get you download Rumble, you go to the live area, and it literally puts your show straight up there on the top to where you can click into it. Um, so I will be doing that video stuff on Rumble as well. Um, I'm my my show on Rumble is going to be Kilted Christian, same as it is here. So you guys will have the option, like I said, either come over here and listen, or you can go over there and look at me. So you may prefer the audio version, so you don't have to look at me. But the bonus to that one is that when I have like pictures. Um, gospel uh, videos and stuff like that, you guys will actually be able to watch them as well as listen to them. So, but like I said, on the downfall, 
you got to look at me. So, yeah, like I said, I, God gave me the face for radio. Um, but, you know, like I said, we'll be having our guest on as well. Um, Jeff and I will be starting. Um, we'll be working on his once he's feeling better, getting his show going up. Well, the show I was just telling you about with Jay Wu as well as the other ones. And, and some of these are only going to be like um, once a week. Um, we'll be continuing doing full time here. And then Jeff's show, once he gets it up, will be three. And then the J Crew. Exactly. The J Crew will be one of those shows that we pop up on Kilted Christian on occasion um, just because so many people have the name Jay. I, I even forgot Jim Conley. Like I said, Jay, 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 Jay. So we're literally going to have a round table of nothing but people here with, with Jay. We'll get Ron Johnston in here as well because he's a Jay. It's going to be a fun thing. But we have a lot of good plans, a lot of people setting up and, and doing um, doing everything they can for God, getting out of their comfort zone. Um, Kitty, too, um, who's with us here tonight, is going to be starting up her show. I mean, I love her platform, what she plans on doing that. She's um, bit by bit getting uh, everything in here. Blade Runner, you need to change your name to a J. That's right. Change your name to a J, and you're welcome on. So uh, you're going to love Kitty's show. And like I said, as these shows get built, whether they're the shows that I'm working with or other people's shows, um, I'm going to make sure, Jade Runner, there we go. I'm going to make sure to keep you guys updated as far as their times and everything goes um, so that you guys can participate um, and give them the support that they need. Like I said, um, people are getting their equipment. They're stepping out of their comfort zone. I'm so happy to see what people are doing because all hands are on deck right now. So that being said, guys, I'm um, about 1023 going to go ahead and, and pray, probably get you out of here on time tonight rather than like 15 minutes late, like every single night. So if everybody would please bow their heads, let's get into a little bit of spiritual warfare. Yeah, that's right. Saul, and I'm about to pray. Everybody, Heavenly Father, thank you again for another day. Thank you for all that you blessed us with, all the family that you brought into our lives, all the people that you have into our direct lives here. Father, we have spent so much time on this earth. I'm being convinced to be selfish, to focus on material, to not focus on the spirit. Father, we need to change that. We need the first thing that we focus on to be you, to be the spirit, dear Lord. Um, I know that there's things on this earth that we have to have, and you don't want us to be without, but we don't need to put what's on this earth above you. So, dear Lord, if people need to learn a little humility, teach them a lesson. Just like you did with me at one point, dear Lord, you took away my ego and you gave me humility. And I thank you for that. My life changed that minute. My life changed the moment that I brought you into my life, dear Lord, in such amazing and great ways. And I know, Father, there's a lot of people out there that don't feel like they're good enough. They feel like because they're still sinning, it's not the time to come to you. So, Father, let us work on those people's lives with you, working through us to help those, dear Lord. But lay your hands on those people's lives, dear Lord. Those ones that are still out there with a little bit of question, those people that think that they're not good enough to come to you, let them know, Father, that they've always been good enough to come to you and that coming to you is exactly where they need to be so that you can take away those addictions, so that you can lay their hand, heal their illnesses, take away the judgment, take away all of those negative, evil things that the devil has placed into our lives. Let them remove the carnal uh, mind, dear Lord, and focus on the heart, focus on the soul, which is where you reside within us, dear Lord. And I thank you for that. Thank you for loving me and bringing me to where we are today, dear Lord. And I've got a long ways to go. And, and, and you know more than anybody because I confess my sins to you every single night. But Father, you were there to listen. You were there to love me. 
and you were there to give me an opportunity to get into heaven. And Father, even if I was terrible down here in this earth, and I and, and I had this feeling in my heart that I wasn't going to go to heaven, I will never stop serving you. I will spend every moment on this earth serving you to my very, very, very last breath, as well as many of us will as well, dear Lord. But let us know as we move forward that we have everything that we need, that we need to continue to um, focus on you, to help others find you, to make you prevalent in our lives, dear Lord, to build our foundation on top of the rocks instead of that sand, dear Lord. The devil is going to wipe many houses away here in these coming times, dear Lord, which is why it's more important than ever that we have that strong foundation, and you are that foundation. So, dear Lord, when we have those days of relapse of faith, take that opportunity to strengthen our faith even more than it was before. Dear Lord, if we have a question, I ask, dear Lord, that you please give us the answer in the time that you're ready for us to have that answer. Dear Lord, when we question what can we do for you, Heavenly Father, it's not that you won't speak to us. Allow us to learn how to listen a little bit better, whether it's through our dreams, whether it's audibly, or many, many other ways that you speak to us, dear Lord. Let us all step up in every that we can to serve our missions, as you will give us everything that we need to fulfill those missions. Dear Lord, you have been working in our lives from the moment that we were born, and we're seeing those fruits right now. We're seeing these skills that we didn't know why we had, but we're understanding why we have them today, and that was we used those skills to serve you. So, dear Lord, let us all recognize that everything that we do in your service is just as important than anything else anybody else does. Dear Lord, we are all working on this together. We don't need leaders in this movement. The only leader that we need is you, Heavenly Father. We are meant to be your followers. So, dear Lord, don't let us try to step up and be leaders. If we end up leading, let it be to the fruits that we bear, to the examples that we lay down, dear Lord so that other people can find that righteousness, dear Lord. It's not about ego. It's about humility. Let us all ride in to everywhere we go on the donkey, just like you did. But Father, I continue to ask for the prayers for Nikki. Help her to get healthy. Be with Punky, dear Lord. Help her to get feeling a whole lot better. Be with Jeff, dear Lord. Lay your hand on him. Heal him up in the amazing ways. Um, Be with Snow Ezra. Help him during these times. Or Ezra Snow and lift him up to his feet and continue to heal the way that he is healing right now, dear Lord. Continue to be with the Cusick family and help them to the times they're going through with their loss as many other people are going through similar things, dear Lord. I can go all day long, but you know who needs your help right now. You know who needs health. You know who needs your holy hand. So, dear Lord, I just ask that you go to them all. Bless them in the greatest ways that only you can, dear Lord. Let us stay on our missions. Let us have no fear, dear Lord. Let us have only courage everywhere that we're walking in and never forget that no matter how bad things get, no matter how much hope we may lose, the king always has one more move. We love you, Father, with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name we pray. Amen. Oh, so one more thing. Um, and I ask too, that Heavenly Father, that you bless, uh, oh, I just lost it. Um, C.L. Klein, her daughter, um, and keep her daughter in the prayers tomorrow. Uh, she's about to find out a possible job or damage or can be fixed uh, or replaced. I'm sorry. Yeah. So just give her all the blessings she need. Um, protect her. Um, lead her down that path. Bless everything in the lives that they need, dear Lord. And just make things a little bit easier because a lot of things are going to be getting tough, dear Lord. So just thank you for all the love that you give us and for being with us and for answering our prayers. And we love you with all of our heart. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Sorry about that. I didn't see that prayer while I was praying. So um, I had to do a, an after prayer prayer. But hey, that's awesome. We have always, always time for prayer. 
So guys, I want to thank you so much. Hey, MSM Liars, I hope you had a good night. I hope your meeting went well. And uh, we'll get MSM Liars back on here next Thursday. Tomorrow night, um, we're going to have some great guests on as well. Jay will be here. We're going um, to be bringing on a guest as well, talking about um, the importance of Christianity, but also the importance of uh, knowing medicinal healing, natural medicine, and so forth. We're going to need to know a lot about this as we're moving forward. Um, because we're going to be on our own at some point. God will be with us, but the world's going to desert us. But that's okay, because I would rather the world desert us than God. So guys, have an absolutely beautiful evening. Um, Like I said, just spend some time with your family. Keep on smiling. Everything's beautiful. God is with us. No matter how chaotic times get, we got God by our side. We're going to win this battle. I can guarantee you that. So thank you so much for listening to Kilt the Christian. episode 556 on Earth is in Heaven. We'll be back tomorrow evening for Kilted Christian episode 557. Guys, I love you with all my heart. Have a beautiful evening. And I leave you with this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly and the rockets regular, the bombs bursting in there gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that Have an absolutely beautiful night. Quick little quick reminder. Go be on the official Godcast tomorrow. Please don't miss that. You never want to miss that on any Friday. Ron Johnston. And uh, I will be back on the show tomorrow night with some great guests. But in the meantime, guys, spoil alert. Jesus wins. That's right, guys. God wins. So fear not. Stress not. Let go of all of your anxiety. We don't need it. God's removed it all from us. We need to focus on this. Pray, pray, pray. Pray more than you ever have. Don't ever stop praying. Spread that gospel from nation to nation. God will give us everything that we need during these times. So there's no reason to do anything but be rejoiced in what we're heading into. Guys, I love you all with all my heart. Have an absolutely beautiful evening. We will see you tomorrow night for Official Godcast and Kilted Christian episode 557. In the meantime, have a beautiful night. I love you all and God bless.